Today on Happy Set Confused, Nicholas Holt tackles Tolkien and perhaps one last X-Men adventure with two films this summer. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Happy to say we've got a regular back on the podcast this time. It is his third go-around on Happy, Sad, Confused. Nicholas Holt becomes one of the three-timers on Happy, Sad, Confused. Uh, Nicholas, always welcome here. Um, One of my favorite people. Always a random, meandering, delightful chat with this very talented young actor uh, and a lot to talk about. He's got a lot going on. As I said, this summer, he's got not one, but two films that you should check out. Tolkien is now in theaters um, and it is, as the name would suggest, a bit of a biopic. It captures uh, at least a, 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 an important portion of J.R. Tolkien's life. He is, of course, the eminent author who created the Lord of the Rings saga and the Hobbit and, and much more. And, um, it's a, it's, a, it's a really well-told story. It stars Nicholas alongside uh, Lily Collins and uh, talks about um, J.R. Tolkien's kind of band of, of brothers, you know, as he came to, uh, came to came of age, rather, um, and how their influence on him and vice versa influenced his, his work and life, not to mention his experiences in World War I and how those kind of shaped his, his work and life going forward. Um, well worth checking out if you get the opportunity. Also, of course, we t- touch on a little bit his upcoming role um, in X-Men Dark Phoenix, which which may or may not, we don't really know, like it may be the last go-around for this great ensemble of actors playing uh, the X-Men. I mean, we you know, with the Disney-Fox merger, it's unclear what they're going to do with X-Men, but at least this summer we know we get one more go-around with uh, Nick Holt and Jennifer Lawrence and Fassbender and McAvoy and that whole, whole gang of talented actors. Um, so it was fun to talk to him at least one more time about... X-Men. Um, and, 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 you know, as, as with any Nicholas Holt conversation, this one goes to random fun places <laughs> that uh, cannot be predicted. So I think, I think you guys will have a blast with this one. He's one of the good ones. And um, yeah, always welcome here. Uh, beyond that, other stuff worth mentioning this week, John Wick chapter three comes out, Parabellum. Odd subtitle, but hey, the important thing is the movie's very good. If you like John Wick, you're going to be satisfied with this one. I had a conversation with Keanu Reeves, uh, Halle Berry, and director uh, Chad Stahelski uh, for MTV. We're rolling out that extended conversation this week on MTV's uh, YouTube page and social channels. I'll send out the information on my social feeds. So that's something well worth checking out because Keanu is somebody that I always love catching up with. And um, it was fun to talk, you know, all things John Wick. I was, I was privileged enough to be on on the set of the first John Wick before we even knew what we were dealing with. It was just kind of a low-budget action movie, and uh, to see where this franchise has gone now in its third installment, adding the likes of Halle Berry and Angelica Houston and Lawrence Fishburne, it's become quite the ensemble, not to mention the small smallish kind of film has now uh, spawned a big summer movie. You know, it's, it's being opened in the heat of summer. So if you like John Wick stylized action, you'll definitely enjoy John Wick Chapter 3. So look out for my conversation uh, with those guys uh, this week. Um, beyond that, I hope you guys are enjoying uh, the beginnings of summer, and I hope you guys enjoy this conversation with the great Nicholas Holt. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to Happy Sack Infused. Spread the good word. Here he is. Is Nick Holt. Here we go. Let's talk about seasoning some sandwiches. 
We're well, back. Welcome to volume three of Seasoning Sandwiches. You're you're in the three timers club, Nick. This is a rare. Trick. This is a rare. Is this it? Yeah, this is it. This okay, is this is it. All right. Hello. <laughs> Um, He's getting his podcast voice I'm on. I'm very happy that I've made the hat trick. I'm surprised, to be honest. I'm surprised you've had me back again, because I don't feel like I'm always the most gripping of guests. I'm surprised you, w- you would come back again, so <laughs> the feeling is mutual. <laughs> We're both just surprised this is happening. We're both disappointing Bemused. each other constantly. <laughs> no, you never disappoint me. Just stop. I just it. feel like I let you down. You don't. This time I'm going to be really interesting. No, don't be. I want right. the inanity. I want the mundanity. I want all the anities. All right, cool. <laughs> I'm ready. I, I feel like you come, keep coming back here because you're you're lonely. Pregnant. That too. <laughs> you're dead, dead inside. It. Nothing going on. Um, no, you're prepping for your own podcast. Obviously, you want to be a podcast. I would like to do a podcast. I'm very into podcasts. I, uh, I use podcasts a fair bit for like uh, research as well, when possible. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you listen to a lot of Happy Second Views to get in the, the mind for for Tolkien? No, you know what I listen. To? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only I listen to my own ones repeatedly, yeah. and then uh, no, you know what? I'd listen to uh, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. Okay, you ever listen to those? No, um, they they are pretty hard. That sounds like actual educational stuff, and it's I'm really into that. good though. Yeah. I mean, I'm into it. Where like he did one on World War One, I. I was like, you know what? Better learn, let brush up on my World War One knowledge. And it's about 25 hours worth, I think. Each episode's about four or five hours. Wow. Um, and there's like five or six episodes or something. Um, but really good. So where, where are you, in what capacity, when are you listening to the podcast? Are you working out? Are you walking the streets of London? Are you just staring at the space in your home? I'm like driving or I'm like yeah. at home or I'm like just, yeah, whenever, yeah, getting on the tube, whatever it is. I don't know. There's like, yeah. The first time I ever listened to one of his, I had to go on a five hour drive and someone recommended it. to I le- So I learned like five hours worth of knowledge Perfect. on like the Munster Revolution in like 1535 <laughs> or something. And for, for a week, that's all I could speak about. Yeah, everyone's like, I'd we go, get it, Nick. I'd go for dinner and I'd be like, yeah, but you guys don't know what happened in Munster. And <laughs> can, then, we, <laughs> can we order some apps? Because this guy just will not <laughs> stop. <laughs> I would go off and I'd like, and you can still see the cages outside the church to this day. Here's an image. <laughs> so what's, what, what's your expertise? What If you were starting a podcast, what would the Nick Holt podcast be about? Ooh... Uh, you can't say seasoning your sandwiches. Seasoning your sandwiches. <laughs> That's um, not snack, a ten-part snacks, series. Snacks for different types of day and adventure and mood. <laughs> What's your mood? Have you had a snack recently? Yes, I went to the bakery uh, not, not long ago and got a cupcake. And I'm also, I'm going, like, some friends are getting married today, so I'm going to, I got some cupcakes to take to their wedding. Okay, so it, was it, so was, was really the operation about getting them a present, or was it about getting you a cupcake? It, the, it was more <laughs> You're about... You're not on the witness stand. <laughs> <laughs> I can neither deny or confirm the allegations. I, it was to get them primarily, but then I was like, okay. well, I might as well get myself a little treat whilst I'm here. I've got what to fill the box. What, what, what flavor of cupcake did it you It was uh, double about? chocolate. You could, the so, icing was so, absolutely delightful. Yeah, what's the icing ratio do you, that you like on a cupcake? This was quite a lot. Uh, <laughs> I would say uh, if it wasn't, if, it, if the icing wasn't as good as it was and light, yeah, um, then it would have been sickly. But it was still uh, uh, no sprinkles, uh, a good level. Because sometimes it can be like a sugar bomb, and that's just it's fine. But like you know, in ten minutes you're gonna feel like shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, right. I, I'm not feeling great right now. <laughs> you don't look well. <laughs> yeah, do I look a little pale. <laughs> I feel like I've got like that clammy. <laughs> I'm, wet yeah. fever yeah. look going on. Yeah, we'll, we'll wipe you down. Don't worry. Thanks. <laughs> have you been, dude? What's been going on? I feel I, I get a lot of my movie news from you, so it's always exciting to come in. Well, find out what you're excited about. What am I excited What's about? What's coming up that I should watch? Well, like every, you know, we're swallowed up into the Avengers right now yeah, as yeah, we yeah. tape this. I've seen that. I enjoyed that. Good. 
you know, it's summer movie season. That's why I'm excited that you've, you've, you've brought us a, a, a counter-programming amuse-bouche of... Uh, <laughs> not really the appropriate thing to say at all. What did you call me? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. But you're, yeah, you're like, um, you're like the new Will Smith. You're the king of summer. You've got two movies coming out this summer. I, well, yeah, I have two movies coming out, yeah. That, I don't know if that... <laughs> no, that makes you the new Will Smith. I'm the new Will Smith. Have you ever met Will Smith? Uh, yeah, you know what I have actually. Yeah. Um, he was very nice, and um, I, I was with my mum. She was. We were at the. I think it was the Golden Globes, for about a boy. So I was like twelve. Oh, that's perfect time. And I was like, this is awesome, Fresh Prince. Yeah. And he was. He. I, uh, the memory I have that he was very charming and friendly to my mum. So that's nice sweet. guy. Have you met um, Vin Diesel? Have not met Vin Diesel. Have you met The Rock? Yes, met The Rock. How was uh, that? Uh, the, what's the cinema thing that happens in Vegas? Like, oh, yeah, CinemaCon. Yeah, CinemaCon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I should have remembered that. What's the cinema thing in Las Vegas? <laughs> CinemaCon. It's oh, like yeah, con- yeah, yeah. It's like a convention and it's about cinema. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that one. I met him there. He was like, we were doing promo for Mad Max and he was there doing promo for, I forget what, but, I, um, uh, but he was on the red carpet and I was like, oh, that's The Rock. That's, like, that's literally what, the way you said it? I mean, in my head, that's what I said. Yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't say that out loud to him. And then we shook hands, and I was like, he's, he's bigger than I expected. I mean, I expected pretty big, but I was like, yeah. oh, very friendly again. Good guy. If you, You've worked with, uh, uh, I'm just going down the icons now, you've worked with Nick Cage way back when. Yeah. If you came into contact with Nick Cage, would he remember you, you think? Have you guys... Um, I doubt it. You're a different, you're a different human being <laughs> I now. I mean, yeah, I, well, I played his son when I was 14, so what, 15 years ago? Yeah. So I doubt, I doubt he'd remember it. Was that a uh, was that a big moment being around the the craziness, the beautiful yeah. artistry that is Nick Cage? I mean, yeah, he gave a that was for the Weatherman. I thought his was performance, performance. And that was brilliant. Yeah. The writing in that film, that Gore, the director, I thought yep. it was like a, a really well made film. And I loved watching him in those scenes. I was like, I'm a fan of his. I'm a big fan of everything. Oh, me he does. too. I just I finally just caught up with Mandy. I haven't, oh, I seen, haven't that. seen that. Yet. You should see that. Yeah. Have you heard about this one? It's, I've heard about it. Yeah. Yeah, as they say, it's the full Nick Cage experience. That's all I need. Raging Cajun. <laughs> is that what they call it? I mean, that's why I, I don't know. <laughs> that's what I've been calling it. Okay. All right. So let's talk. Let's let's spread the good word about Tolkien. Yes. Very good film. Congratulations, ma'am. Thank you very much. I looked you in the eye to express you did. my 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 legit feeling. Cause really. I, Great film. Now that's how you stare <laughs> off of the space. No, it really is. Um, this is what's the what's the shorthand for this? What's the it's uh, it's the dead, breakdown. The short. It's the it's, short it's dead. Poet Society meets Order of the Rings. What is the... <laughs> oh, that's not a bad shout. Dead Poet Society is certainly a reference point that we had throughout. Yeah, it's, it's his formative years. It's the story behind the story, his inspirations yeah. for his books and the relationships that, um, you know, he, he, he lost his parents at a young age. He was an orphan. So yeah. he kind of found love and, and fellowship, friendship um, from there. And also his World War I experiences. It's all these things that I right. knew very little about um, before reading the script. And I, was, I liked... The books, I, I like the films. I was a fan, but I had no idea yeah. where it all came from. So it's it's pretty remarkable to see that. What was your so yeah the the book the the, the film does capture um, a lot of the this what's that t, uh, what's the acronym? It's t- like an origin story. It is. Tolkien it's origins. That's <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> you really should have called it Tolkien all, origins. Yeah, that's a, it's a new it's a new it's a new cinematic unit universe. It's author origins colon Tolkien. Yeah 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 like, nice like okay. the X Men origins kind of thing that never Ooh, took off. Okay, I like this. And the next one could well you already did the Salinger, so you could yeah yeah yeah. You're, you're, you've got your own cinematic that's universe band, that's going. That's his whole life though. So that, well, not his whole life, but a, a larger majority of this it. This is true. Yeah. This is true. It, it is ironic that you keep playing these, these iconic authors, considering you can't read. All these or write. geniuses. Yeah. 
It is weird, isn't it? It is strange. Because people are like, <laughs> I'm like, why are people keeping costing me in these things? You just project brilliance. I don't. I'm not very bright. You can wear glasses uh, and, lo- and look like yeah. they fit. Yeah. If, if wardrobe and props department are good, they will, they will look like they fit. It takes fit. a team to like fit it to his <laughs> my instant, oblong my head. My instant flashback on that is when we did like the first X-Men movie and there's, I transform into Beast and there was this debate on set about whether whether I should have the glasses still. <laughs> oh, as Beast? Yeah. And so, like, there's a scene where I, I, I don't know if you remember it, but I, like, where I walk back out and see the rest of the crew for the first time, right. and they're like, whoa, he's changed. Yeah. <laughs> and there was, like, a version of it where I didn't have glasses on when I came out, but then I have to put glasses on. Yeah. But, like, obviously, like, that makeup, my ears are, like, up here. Right top of my head and I'm covered in fur and they've got these like larger versions of the normal glasses made and I've also got claws on so I can't I can't put glasses on and then not look like I'm Picasso they're like going on wonky every time I'm watching the playback back they're like Nick you just got to get them centered on your face I'm like I lit I can't I need help I need I cannot do that not very good glass glasses actor apparently uh, yeah well that's uh, that's something you can Jack work Nicholson, on great glasses actor you remember that little bit in Oh, which? Oh, you know that know. bit where he wiggles his forehead and they fall down? No, but it sounds like a Nicholson move. Yeah, well, maybe in the next phase bit. of your career you can I'm master gonna start, the... I'm uh, going to start doing more tricks like that. Yeah. If you want to borrow mine, feel free. Do you wear contacts? Uh, no. Well, I wore them for the Salinger movie because he had brown eyes, so I, I wore them for that. That's, that was a whole kerfuffle because... <laughs> that's distracting. I find it quite difficult to put contact lenses in. Yeah, They're always too. like, Nick, are you ready? And I'm like, well, I might be ready in two minutes. I might be ready in ten. It just depends how long it takes me to get these things in my eyeballs. Yeah, I, I, I tried. I actually I shot a little, a little thing recently where I had to wear contacts, and oh, it yeah? was uh, a nightmare for me. Yeah, yeah they're I not fine. my eyes were going to fall out. Uh, LASIK, dude. Yeah, I'm scared of that too. Look at me. I'm just a big chicken. I'll do it for you. you, you, Wait, you do amateur LASIK? Yeah, I'll give it a bash. (laughs) Give me a a scalpel. (laughs) What's the worst that could happen? Has anything ever bad happened with an amateur surgeon? (laughs) (laughs) I think about that sometimes. I'm like, if if you came to or woke up and you stood there and someone said... We need you. You're in the middle of like operating. <laughs> You're doing surgery on someone. Would you be able to like fake it no. enough to complete the surgery? I couldn't. With a little bit of help, you can ask them like questions. You can be like, "So should I make the incision here?" <laughs> and they're like, "No, warmer, no, no." And you're like, or, yeah. And they're like, "Here, good testing." Like it's like you've got students that you're like, right? Work. Let's, let's uh-huh. hope it never comes to that. I love you, but I don't trust you with a scalpel on my body. Yeah, I probably shouldn't. <laughs> What was your uh, friend group uh, growing up? Was it did you hang out with mostly guys? Were you uh, more comfortable around ladies? Like growing up, like what was your a mix? I mean, I grew up with two sisters, but like at school, mainly probably it just it happened that it's like you mainly separate into like boys yeah, and girls, and you're like, really young, and you're yeah, like, yeah, we're gonna play football, we're gonna play sports and whatever. Um, so I didn't have like the secret artistic fellowship like this. I mean, I I had like artistic friends who like and I'd do school plays and like outside of it go to work and watch people and be like wow okay these are creative people um and all my friends are creative in no matter what line of work they're in sure they've got like that creative imagination and whatever um but I didn't have this like society that Tolkien he had a few of them through his life actually um but this one's obviously very important because as I say becoming an orphan then finding that safe place to yeah to create and be inspired by and share his work you know so this is because uh, I remember even in a past uh, conversation we had, you talked about you you legitimately loved this material anyway. I'm not talking about the script. I'm talking about like Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit yeah, and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, like yeah. you grew up with this stuff. Yeah, completely. I played the card game after school. It's the card game. There's a Lord of the Rings card game. It was kind of like, like a Magic the Gathering. It was kind of like when I outgrew the Pokemon card game, and I was like, got I got to find something more mature, and I found the Lord of the Rings one. Got it. And you got like 
burdens and you have to get the ring and like blah blah. So this is a glorified excuse just to go back to the books and like just Essentially, like I, I should give it another read. You know fun. what? It was it was like one of those things where suddenly going back and learning about his love of language and his life. And then going back and reading his work again, I was like, it gave me a whole new appreciation of it. I'm I was sure. Like, oh my lord! Oh, it's it's um, he he was. I mean, yeah, of I course. knew it was good. <laughs> but damn, who was your favorite character in the uh, in the Lord of the Rings uh, saga? In in the films? Oh uh, yeah, let's go film. Let's go film. I mean, I just had Elijah here last week, actually. Oh yeah, yeah. How'd it go? Not well. We came to blows. No, he's great. <laughs> what do you expect? He's like know, the nicest uh, guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. From the films, I mean, ooh, I liked Gimli a lot. I mean, obviously, Hobbits in terms of like, when I was like thinking about Tolkien and like myself personally, I'm closest to a Hobbit. I like this idea of eating seven times a day, two breakfasts, elevenses, all that sort of stuff. I'm like, I'm in on that. Totally. Um, but also, I mean, Viggo Mortensen, obviously. Zarek Gaunt. And you can't say that's your favorite character because I was like, oh, yeah, you want to be the hero, like, blah, blah. No, but it's but like, he was damn cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was talking to Elijah. Like, I don't know if you remember this. actually. Oh, in, yeah, right. there's a lot. Yeah. How, how's your Gollum? Do you do good? good, good I don't. Up? I tried to do it the other day. Someone was like, can you do a Gollum impression in an interview? And you know what it sounded like? It sounded like uh, in Monty Python, you know, when they're like, he's not the Messiah, he's a very naughty boy. It came out exactly like that. And then this reporter proceeded to do that. It was obviously just a setup for them to do their impression, which was pretty bang on. But also, also for the environment, overly committed, in my opinion. It was like, it was bordering on the ridiculous. Where I was like, have we fallen into a parallel universe here? That's like me when I, uh, every Star Wars actor, I always bring up, like, what, do you, what are your thoughts on Jar Jar Binks? That's just so I can do my Jar Jar Binks right, impression. Right, right, yeah. It's very pathetic. Go on. No, I'm not doing it for you. Go on. Put it up. Mr. Jar Jar Binks. Mr. Hamble 7. They're okay. It's very good. It's, a, it's really sad that my only good impression is of the world's most reviled character. <laughs> <laughs> um... So, uh, yeah, so, uh, I mean, there's a lot to dig into on, on Tolkien. So this guy, like, literally created his own languages. I yeah. mean, uh, unbelievable. Do you speak any other languages? Uh, not real ones. Uh, <laughs> no, you know what we did? We did, there was a language at school that was called, like, Avagov, Avagov or something. Do you know this language? Mm-hmm. Where you essentially take, like, the first, uh, the first vowel of a word and then you switch it. Like, it's kind of like a code way of talking. Where yep, yep, yep. Like, if you were going to say, I don't know, you would say, other guy, never go, never go. Do you know this? Yes. And, that, like, that, that and it's like one of those where I moved to a new school and everyone was talking it and I couldn't understand it. And I was like, what is this? What is <laughs> this I code? I moved to a different country? This where am I? code. And then I, then I learned it and I was like, ah, oh, this is a way of communicating that no one... I mean, it's pretty easy to figure out once you know it. Right. Um, but uh, for this, we had to learn language. It, I mean, we, we worked with a professor at Oxford in terms of, like, taking old Finnish and Anglo-Saxon and all these influences and creating, like precursors to elven languages Amazing. that Tolkien would create and then I would have to learn them like phonetic basically I'd write they would send me them written down and I'd look at them and I'd go okay and then I'd listen to a recording and I'd be like well that doesn't sound anything like what's on the page here <laughs> so then I'd have to write them out again phonetically and be like all right that's what it actually right. sounds like I'll learn it like that and then then I'll figure out again what it means. It's always, it's like, I, I don't know why this reminds me of this, but like when Antonio Banderas started to do like English language films, like yeah, yeah. he didn't speak the language. And yeah. literally like in Philadelphia, like his first like English language film, I think he's just speaking phonetic, like he doesn't know what he's saying and he's still delivering a, a very good performance. I like, yeah, hang on. So Antonio Banderas was Puss in Boots, right? Yes. So he, <laughs> I auditioned for uh, that Prince Caspian movie. Yeah. 
And so I, I got to the audition. I can't remember. I was pretty young. And, and I had asked. I was like, and I don't have to do any accent, right? And they're like, no, they said, don't worry about the accent. Like, if you get further in the process, then we can worry about all that sort of stuff. Right. And I was like, great. So I got there. Now I'm all ready to go in. And they're like, and if you could do the accent, that would be great. And I'm like, huh? the, the, the accent. And they're like, yeah, no, we do need you to do it. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, what? And in my head, I'm like, I can't really do Spanish accent, like, mm. off the cuff. Hadn't practiced. And they were like, you know, uh, and I was thinking, they're like, and kind of Antonio Banderas, and I think I'd seen Shrek <laughs> recently. So all I could remember was him saying, like, puss in boots. Aww. And I. That's like Kachakula. That's like. like uh, that was, wasn't it? That was a little vampire. Twelve like, bats. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Well, you can see why I didn't get it, essentially, because I was like, I was, I was in there in my head going, Puss in Boots, and then saying whatever line I had to say. What yeah. happens in the middle of an audition when you know, like... When you know it's really bad? Yeah. Do you commit, or do you just say, like, thanks, Scott, I'm just going to back out of here. I don't want to waste your time. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's pretty shocking. It's, it's, <laughs> I, and you know what? It's, it's, all, it's all moving so fast at that point that it's difficult to make any conscious good decisions. So you kind of just, it's kind of, you just want to get out of there as fast as possible is normally what happens to me anyway. It was interesting. The last time I was listening to our last chat, the last time we were joking. You went back and listened to it? I did. I do semi-research. Oh, man. Well, I just want to make sure that we're covering new brilliant territory. We talked a little bit about our mutual love of Tom Cruise. Yes. And we, I was joking. I was like, oh, you're going to, you, you should play. Um, in, you should be in Top Gun too, and, yeah. and then that almost happened, Nick. I mean, I was, I, I, yeah, I got to, I got to read with him. For Top Gun too. Was it pretty cool? Yeah, it was amazing. By the way, it's everything you hope for with reading with Tom Cruise. And I was like, this is exactly what I hope. And he's so enthusiastic and supportive and, like, gives you ideas. And he's like, let's try this and blah, blah. And you're like, wow, it's just being around him. I was like, I felt like I was full of energy and, like, uplifted. That's so amazing. So maybe at least this has has set the – set for a future role. Mission Impossible 12, your Ethan Hunt's nephew. Yeah, perfect. I'm in. Let's do it. I like to cast you in really get, get shitty ideas. <laughs> Tom Cruise rolls. Just trying to, like, you know, secret something in. into the universe. Um, so, yes, as I said, this is your Will Smith summer because you not only have Tolkien, but uh, Dark Phoenix is coming. Dark Phoenix the whole, is coming. The whole gang is back again. Yep. Um, does this feel Does this feel like a goodbye, though? Because, like... Everyone's kind of treating it as right? though it is, and everyone keeps on asking that. And it's weird because, like, going into it, was I fully like, oh, this is goodbye? Probably not. Yeah. Um, but then I think with the Disney thing and all that, there's a right. lot of uncertainty around what's going to happen. Um, so it's kind of become a farewell, I guess, which is something that I was thinking about. Someone asked me the other day, they were like, if this is your last, do you feel happy about it? And I'm like, in many ways, yes, because... Simon Kimber, the writer and director of this one, has given new territory for me to go to right. with Hank and Beast. If I felt like I was rehashing like the previous movie, then I'd be like, ah, oh, that's a shame I didn't get to like at least yeah. try something different before I um, before I went out. <laughs> um, <laughs> God. Uh, so uh, so yeah, it feels like I did get to to do that. To do yeah, yeah, which is what makes it fun. It, yeah, it's kind of odd to think that like the the character you've come back to the most is a. A blue furry scientist, a genius. Like that's the that's, <laughs> that's like you're recurring. Like I'm gonna keep going back back to that one. And, and this it. business is crazy. Yeah, it's just... it is very weird. That job's very weird. And on this one, it was very weird because I was prepping for Tolkien, so I was like doing, <laughs> I was doing like watercolors of Tolkien's work in the beast tent, like like prepping for that but then also like walking out onto this set of like carnage and action yeah. and like terror and everyone like screaming at me being like in beast mode like ah <laughs> and then and then back into my tent to finish off my watercolor did they ever did they ever crack the makeup to the point where like okay we, we got this down to like 20 minutes or was it still like 
no, you know what? Those guys are real quick. They can get the they can get the makeup on in like an hour and a half. Uh, and then, like, once you get, like, the suit and the gear and costume on, it's, like, two hours all in, which okay. is pretty damn good. You spent a lot of time over those films, probably most primarily with McAvoy. What's, yeah. what, what have you learned the most from crazy James McAvoy over oh, the years? What have I learned the most? Uh, just in life. He's someone who's very vivacious and yeah. friendly and, like, just fun. He's always fun and enjoying things and, like, making them... But in work, he's very, he's very committed and his performances are always very truthful, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He goes for broke no matter what. Oh, yeah. 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 It's perfect. Um, so, okay. So, to talk to me a little bit about... You've got, like, four or five projects coming up. Have you shot all these that I just saw on the IMDb? Like the... I don't know. Catherine the Great. That's Catherine a TV, the Great. That's yeah, a TV so project. That's the, yeah, that's this thing. Uh, Tony McNamara, the writer of The Favourite, yeah. has written. Uh, it's a series. So, it's um, Elle Fanning playing Catherine the Great, and I'm, I'm playing Peter the Great, um, uh, who it, they kind of have this arranged marriage, and she turns up very naively, thinking that it's going to be a wonderful romance, and he's off his rocker when she arrives, and the kingdom's in disarray. Um, so it's kind of yeah, that history, but told with Tony's kind of take on it. So a yeah. similar tone to the favorite. Uh, yeah, and uh, have not shot all of it. Shot the pilot, but not the rest of it. Got it. it. <laughs> there, there, there's a word that you might be part of this Taylor Sh- uh, Sheridan project. Yes, those who wish me dead. I love his work. I'm oh, very excited man. about yeah, that. Wind River was pretty remarkable. Wind River's amazing. Sicario, Hello High Water, like all like great movies. So I'm excited to see. I haven't I haven't started that yet. I start pretty soon actually. Um, he's an intellect. He's an intense dude. I don't know if you spent some time with him yet. Oh, we've just spoken. I haven't spent yeah. time with him, but I, yeah. I love the stories and ideas and where he's formulating things from. So it's and it's like a di- it's it's just one of those where it's like oh that's a different you know going from the favorite yeah. big wigs, high heels. <laughs> That's that, your day-to-day that, life, anyway. Yeah, that's, you know, Mondays. <laughs> and, and, then, <laughs> and then so I was like, oh, this one's just like a very different role and, and world to step into from that, so I'm excited. Uh, if and when one day uh, you become James Bond, can we still be friends? No. <laughs> that's where I'm cutting off. I just, I just want to, be, I just want to I cover made, all my I, bases. I made that promise to myself. That was the one thing I said, look, <laughs> please, Lord, if I get to be James Bond, I will cut ties with Josh. <laughs> Just to, be clear, just to be clear, I say that to every podcast guest. No, I said it to Elijah Wood, too. He's like, it's Bond. <laughs> On the very rare, strange opportunity that Dude, Elijah Wood to, becomes... If you say it to everyone, then right. eventually you're going to be right. This is right. I think, arguably, you have a better shot than Elijah. I don't know. Does every, does every kid back home grow up dreaming about being James Bond, especially if you're a young actor? I mean, they're hugely influential in terms of, like, when you grow up, you watch them. They're, like, they're like on... TV all the time yeah. growing up. They play reruns of them, and obviously I loved them growing up. But then I feel like it's one of those things that when you get in, like to being an older actor, and they start to like constantly be like, "Is this person going to be blonde? This yeah. person's," like, and then you kind of get a little bit like, Ugh. "It's constant." Do you know what I mean? It's kind of one of those. No, things they've, where, been, like, they've been they've been like writing Daniel Craig out of this role for the last like three films, and it's like he's arguably the best Bond maybe ever. Yeah, he's a great Bond. So let's just let him have his run and then let's we'll figure just, it let's out. Let's also all chill on it because it's like, it's just this revolving constant story of like, this Bond, this Bond. And it's like, let's just calm down, everybody. Let's yeah. just enjoy the movies when they come out. That, that being said, it'd be nice if my, my friend Nicholas Holt became James Bond. It would be great. <laughs> You're like, yes, yes. <laughs> But then our friendship is over, so. No, um, no I will I'll, sacrifice I'll come the in, friendship. I'll come in extra. How about that? <laughs> okay, fair enough. In a tuxedo with a martini shake and not stirred. Good. Always. Um, will Mad Max always be kind of like one of like those high water marks in a career? Like, Do you romanticize that? that extreme kind of bizarre experience like yeah of course but i mean partly i try not to ever judge things on the the result 
but the combination um, but of the experience and the but results the experience were was both. incredible and then and then the results amazing and I, and I, you know what interestingly i do equate tolkien to be quite similar to 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 george to george how, how so? i just think that the way they work their imagination like the way they are is gentlemen kind of, like yeah, yeah, yeah. they have very similar qualities to them i think um so yeah um but yeah of course that's going to be a high watermark when i think of like what i've done that's definitely like I was like, oh yeah, pretty happy. Like, and also in terms of the performance, I'm like, yeah. normally I don't leave something and I'm like, oh, that was good. But like that one's why I'm like, yeah, I think you did all right. I think you did too. Um, <laughs> according to IMDb, I learned some new things about you uh, today. Oh. Apparently your trademark is Vulcan eyebrows. Yeah, people, yeah. <laughs> Someone asked me about this the other day. They were like, what, is, what even are Vulcan eyebrows? And I'm like, I guess it's a Star Trek-y thing. I do have pointy eyebrows. They're always described in interviews like, like sinister Vulcan eyebrows and all those things <laughs> all the time. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. That's just, oh. that's just my face. That's just your... <laughs> you apparently also used to play the trombone. I did. How was that? Uh, not, How, why I mean, trombone of all instruments? I don't know. I think I just saw it when I was a kid and I was like, I like the slide thing. I was like, that's cool. That's how you control it. Rather than like other brass instruments, you're like pushing levers or buttons or right. I don't know what you call right. them technically. <laughs> But that, I was like, you just get a big old lever to like... Oh, is that the sound that came out of it? That's exactly the sound. Um, I feel like you and I differ on one thing. You clearly got something out of going to Coachella. That seems like the worst possible place <laughs> in the world for me. Uh, I can see why it would... It was my first experience at Coachella. And I love music festivals. You know what? It was, it was actually quite a nice experience because I'm used to going... I've been going to music festivals back home since I was 15 and like sleeping in tents, not showering trying not to use the toilet, right. like waking up, gasping, bacon hot at <laughs> six o'clock after 20 minutes sleep and um, having no food or water around. And I'm like, great. do you know what I mean? Yeah, that yeah. was like, that was festival. So now like that, that Coachella, it's like, it's cushy. I was like, I was like getting to stay in a house and there's like a swimming pool. And then I just like walked into the festival and watched the music that I like. And then I went back to the house right. and ate pizza. And I was like, well, this is very comfortable. Maybe that's just me getting old. I'm like, mm, yum. Would you, uh, sounds like you might do well at Burning Man. Maybe back in the day. I thought about a Burning Man trip. I know a few people who do it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Well, you were at Fire Festival. You loved going to that one. Fire Festival was a life-changing experience. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why people say all these shitty things about it. It was amazing. <laughs> and you know what? I do have one friend who went, and like, Matt, like he ended up... I can't remember... The exact, the exact story, but he was there, and they ended up in a house and met a load of people, and like they kind of just had a nice holiday weekend instead, oh, and they did they have made it. the most of it. That's yeah, good. yeah, that was quite a nice story. Did you watch those docs? Did Dude, you? the docs so, so good. good. <laughs> it's like that one story where he's like, "I brushed my teeth, had a shower, and I went over there, fully ready." I'm like, "Whoa, <laughs> that took a turn." What are you? Why are you what? telling us this? Yeah, so matter of fact, like this documentary is going to be everywhere. <sighs> Yeah, I watched both of them, and I was like, this is an instance where I could watch ten more hours yeah. about this. It's a, <laughs> pretty, it's a pretty incredible story. <laughs> Maybe you should play uh, Billy. Was that his name? Uh, yeah. I can do it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that is his name. Um, you're Mr. Big Time Model Guy. <laughs> that, you didn't know that? You're, yeah, you're Mr. Big Time Model Guy. Tell me, what, have you, you, I bet you've walked a runway in your time. Have you, have you done the no. runway? You have, you've never done no. that? No. I don't know where this is stemming from, Mr. Big Time Model. No, but you, you're, I see you in the ads, and you're, you're gazing off into distances what? wearing beautiful clothes what? and stuff. No, that's like, that's like when I'm doing like, the things for the magazines to promote the movies. Okay. It's not like, okay. I don't know, that's like Big Time Model. <laughs> you're, you're, I'm you're... getting paid for that. <laughs> Models get paid, right? Normally, they're for, for doing that. That's like me, like them being like, right, you've got to promote this movie. I see. Go so do it's this always in the service shoot. of that. It's you're like, not, okay. I mean, don't get me wrong, I would. If someone would. <laughs> I have no morals in this sense. Like, if someone wants to pay me to model, then great. 
What There's you... always like that weird thing where, like, when I, well, like, I had like this. I don't know. You don't want to be known for doing those things, but if right. they service it in a way that you can do the projects that you then really like to do, then sure. it's kind of like perfect. What have you learned about fashion in the last five, ten what years have since, I learned since about you've been fashion? Yes, give me a fashion oh, tip from Nicholas. I don't know. What's the do and don't? There's no, there's no fashion I know. I don't know, but it's weird. I've worked with some very like Tom Ford was obviously very fashionable. Oh, of course, yeah. But then that, that just shows like I, when I met him for the first time, I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know he was from the fashion world. I really? Met him to talk that about was his that. first film, of course. I met him to talk about that movie, and I looked yeah. on IMDb and I saw like that he was in Zoolander as himself, and I was like, oh, cool. Well, he's now gone and written this script, and he's getting this movie <laughs> made with really good actors. So I was like, that's interesting. I sat down with him and I was like, so how did you get into directing? He kind of told me very humbly about his fashion past, and I was like, oh, okay. Went home, Googled again, and like the first thing that pops up is like him on the front of Vanity Fair or some magazine yeah. with like Scarlett Johansson and oh, Keira yeah, Knightley. Oh, yeah, famous cover, sure. Like yeah, that, yeah. that thing, and I'm like, well, hang on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't usually so, happen to the Bitcoin or in Zoolander. Then, and then I'm like, well, hang on. And I start researching. I'm like, oh, this guy's a really big deal in the fashion world. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big year. You're turning 30 this year. I am, yeah. Fun's Dirty over. 30. It's all it's over. It's real. <laughs> What do you want to know as a 75-year-old man? What do you what do you want to know about your fourth decade in the planet? Do you want to know about the pains that go with uh, that your body's going to start to fall apart? What how can I impart wisdom to you? I don't think I want to know about the pains. <laughs> <laughs> Le- tell me the good stuff. Let's be positive. Tell no, me nothing. like the things that like the best thing about being I I feel as though hopefully I'm going to find this spot of feeling very comfortable in my own skin. Have you found that? No. Okay, good. But that's I'm a different <laughs> I will never. I'll be, I'm going to be on my deathbed at like, you 89. You know that thing of, like, eventually you've got to not care what people think, right? You hear that, but I, don't, I think that's just more of a temperament thing and Is an it? age thing. Uh. Do, you feel that, you, do you feel that now? Are you self-conscious? Of, are you always, like, wondering what people think when you walk into a room? No, you're not yeah. that guy. Really? Yeah. Yeah, well, can, but also, that's a brilliant thing. I read this quote the other day of, like, when you're, I don't, I can't, I'm paraphrasing big time, but basically the outcome of it is, like, when you're 20, you walk into a room and you think everyone's looking at you. And there's another age that blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then by the time you're 60, you walk into a room, you realize that no one gives a beep. Right. Right. That, I guess. So, that, so maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's the thing you just realize when you get older that no one cares. Right. <laughs> Everyone's doing their own thing. That's They're true. They're busy. That's true. That's true. So uh, you were saying, um, so you, do you have a busy summer coming up? You, you, you're doing uh, the press for this one, a tiny this, bit for Dark Phoenix. A uh, bit for Dark Phoenix. We shoot the Taylor Sheridan movie and then, and then I have some time off. Chill. Uh, and uh, then we go into production on the the great TV series. Do you watch a lot of TV? Not really, no. What's the last TV show you watch? Do you watch Game of Thrones? Uh, no. Um, Finally, I, I'm I'm like the last one, but apparently you're the last one because I you, just caught you've, up. You've caught up. Yeah. Yeah, I feel I, I I watched the first series and I fell off, and then I'm now I'm so far behind that I'm like, well, yeah, it's just not gonna. Happen. I'm not gonna catch up with this moment, which is a shame because it's a real excitement and that frenzy was... around it, which I'm like, oh, I'd kind of like to be a part of that, but then also I feel like. At some point, I'm going to end up like, I know, as you say, going into my 30s, my body's falling apart. I'll probably be bedridden in not too long. So then I'll sit there and catch up with all of Game of Thrones. And it'll be a nice treat for me then. This I'll, is I'll wh- be glad that I've done that. This is why you and I get along. Because that is literally what I say to people, or I used to say about Game of Thrones, or I say about other shows. It's like, well, my, my leg will break at some point. I'll be laid up. And then, and then I'll get to all then, this stuff. Yeah, that... exactly. It's perfect. <laughs> Except in this case. But yeah, my, my whole motivation was not to watch a great piece of content. It was just to be part of a pop culture conversation right. for yeah, six yeah, weeks. Yeah. I was like, oh, I want to be. That'll be fun. Yeah, well, and it's, I guess it's also kind of your job, right? In some <laughs> we're, Nick, we're no? still trying to figure out what my job is. Uh, I mean, it's unclear at the start. Right? You, you have to watch a lot of stuff. You know what I've watched recently that I liked was uh, I started uh, watching Barry. 
Oh, I really so like good. that. I'm, yeah. I'm watching like those 20, 30 minute comedies. I'm watching that. And I was watching this time, the, the new Alan Partridge show. Oh. It's kind of like, you know Alan Partridge? Yeah, 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 the yeah, yeah, character, yeah, And he comes in as like a guest host on something similar to the one show. And I find it hilarious. That's you're doing, really you know, I'm always trying to uh, enlist you in, in comedy and it's going to happen one of these days. But I did read you're doing some kind of like a stop motion comedy series. Oh, yeah, yeah. Crossing Swords. What's that? I think about? it's pretty funny. It's it from the Robert Chicken great. guys. It's brilliant. It's kind of like a really twisted, messed up version of Game of Thrones, actually. Um, in, in terms of you have these little, like, uh, I don't know, Fisher Pricey sort of peg dolls. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, I play a character called Patrick, who's this young kid who wants to become a knight of the kingdom and then kind of manages to become a squire, but also realizes gradually that the kingdom's just absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's bizarre and funny and dark and it's that adult humor yeah it sounds right up my alley right up my alley i think you'll like it but it's shot in a very cinematic way it's all stop motion but in a very cinematic it's cool 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 so you've seen some of the finished i've seen i've seen little clips it's still fairly early on in it but um yeah um so we did cover the the cupcake stuff but i do feel like we need to cover a little more food things because we always talk about different sandwiches and whatever so uh ideal uh, pizza topping What, what do you think uh, oh, ideal pizza topping. Uh, ooh. See, this is going to be very controversial because I quite mm, like that's why a you're here. barbecue base. I like a good barbecue chicken pizza. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely. Yeah. A bit of chicken, uh, some, maybe some red onion, some green peppers, yeah. uh, obviously cheese. Um, yeah. That's a kind of a, a Texasy barbecue, I suppose, is what you'd call it. <laughs> You really acclimated to our, our strange foreign land. Because <laughs> cupcakes aren't even a big like, so, British thing, are they? Uh, no, not so much. We'd so. call them fairy cakes, I think. Is that true? Yeah. I had no idea. Nicer name, really, in some yeah, ways, isn't it? Sweet. Fairy cakes as yeah, opposed to cupcakes. It kind of feels more in keeping with the Tolkien fantasy yeah. aspect. Yeah. Well done. You're always on brand. You're always on always message. Always on brand. <laughs> uh, if, uh, I already got you the James Bond role. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, Star Wars or Space Jam 2? Space Jam 2. That's what I thought. I thought you would say yeah, that. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Space Jam 2. How cool would that be? I'd like to be one of the Monstars. <laughs> Motion he... capture Monstars. Ooh. Have you, you've never done mocap, right? Uh, no. No. We need to get you in a weird leotard and I know. the balls I all love over seeing you. the clips of, like, mocap <laughs> before the change or, like, before yeah. the effect. It's so good. I would watch an entire... I, I, I would watch all feel of so the Apes You know what, actually? I have done a little bit of mocap for Jack uh, the Giant Slayer. We did, like... A, a week or so, which I wasn't mocap, but we like worked in like I can't remember what they call it, the void. Felt like a void. The volume. They the call volume, it the volume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the void where you this are right now. The, <laughs> no, no, no. the volume. If like, you go in the volume and you have to, I don't know, run around. Whatever. Amazing. Would you rather uh, gain fifty pounds for a roll or be nude the entire time? Nude the entire time. I like that you're giving this serious thought. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's not an actual rather, offer. I'd just rather you know. gain 50 pounds and then be nude the entire time. <laughs> Show off what you've done to your body. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy every nook and cranny. You're you... like, look at this performance. <laughs> look how dedicated I am. Ugh. I take back my offer of James Bond. It's going to be yeah. a horrible James. You're going to be an overweight, yeah. gross James Bond. We haven't seen James that version. Bond. We've seen like cool, handsome James Bond running around saving the world. Let's see washed up James Bond hasn't worked out so well. <laughs> He's just let himself go. He's like, oh, and then, but then he has to like come back. Oh he's yeah, it's like it's gonna be like Castaway, but it's where like, you shoot it's, it in it's, different parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's uh, yeah, and it's more comedic, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's time for a change. They've done these quality films. Let's try something really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is why I won't get the role. <laughs> I'm like, here's an idea. <laughs> <laughs> 50 pounds header. It's funny. <laughs> like, ooh. Let me do my accent for you. <laughs> He's undercover. The name is Bond. The James is Bond. 
Um, on that note, my friend, it's always good to catch up. Welcome Dude. to the Three Timers Club. Thank you very much. Um, I don't think there's a four-timer yet, so... I'm, I'm aiming for it. Okay, you're welcome back anytime. Thank um, you for having me again. Have a good summer, buddy. You too. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs>